It's New Year's Eve. Welcome to episode number 11 of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. That's me. I just want to give a shout out to our number one fan, Alberto. It's his birthday. I want to say happy birthday. And he's our number one fan because after each episode, he asks me when the next one is coming out. So we need more fans like that. And if you too can be a fan like that, just get in touch with us. And and you know what? How can people get in touch with us now? We have a brand new Facebook page. You can find us. Give a search on No Crying in Baseball. We'll have links to our most recent episodes and possibly more information about the things that we talk about on this very podcast. I think there might be some goofy pictures coming at some point, too. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. We'll have to make some up. We'll see how that goes. So, Potty Mouth, it's New Year's Eve. It's the end of the year. There's not a lot of baseball, but I, but some things did happen in the past week. What you got? Kind of. We've been talking about this hot stove for a while, and we're just waiting for it to get hot. It's kind of a lukewarm stove. We had that big Otani bash, and that was a big party, and we're just waiting for more stuff to happen. But there was an actual trade. Wade Davis, the most coveted reliever, well, closer, I think, um, bringing the Royals to World Series, bringing the Cubs to the playoffs last year. He went for three years and $52 million to the Rockies. And I think it's an interesting placement. And they've got quite a bullpen at this point, right? They do. I think this was like the the last piece they needed to to really feel like they're ready to compete. And they did pretty well for a pretty long time this past season. So who knows? Maybe he's like the magic number and it's going to be all good with Wade Davis. Yeah, we still get to get to the Rockies for our boyfriends at some point, right? So yeah, they, they must have been done pretty well if we haven't gotten there yet. Because we're still we're still the mid-range boyfriends right now. We're out of the, the bottom of the barrel. We're in the mid-range. There we go. Yeah, so... Um, do we have any Jeter hate? I mean, it's been it's been kind of a slow week in the world. Is there Jeter hate? So I'm a little embarrassed. I've got a little bit of apology. But, you know, it's more of a sorry, not sorry that I've got for Jeter right now. Do tell. I, I want to say sorry because I was busting on him last week for releasing Edison Volquez who was the only pitcher in Major League Baseball to throw a no-hitter last season, thought it was a little crappy to let him go, especially with all the big names that he's been letting go. It turns out his Tommy John surgery was a little bit more severe than I thought, and he's projected to actually miss most of 2018. And the Marlins are saying that there is hope for the future, that maybe if they put him down, they'll bring him back up. Right now, they just have to watch their numbers and their price tag. So, Mr. Jeter, sir... I offer you my humblest apology for the next five moments because <laughs> it's it's hard to you know to give give Jeter slack. We've never have before, so it's it's good of you. I think you're feeling you're you're a big big human right now. Yes, you're a, you're a big person well, for, for fessing up for about five minutes. So maybe less than five minutes, five there, seconds, because I have a little bit of not sorry and more. Me, let's making fun of Jeter. Yeah, tell me about the not sorry it, part. It, it turns out that. Um, that the couple of remaining big names also want out of the Marlins at this oh, point. Yelich for sure, yeah. right? So they asked, right? Yelich has asked. Real Muto, the catcher, has asked. But they're both, you know, s- stuck in there for years. Although I think Jeter's considering it. But if he gets rid of them. Who's going to be going to the games? But Jeter has an answer. He has a plan. He has a plan. He says that the way he's going to bring fans into the games is to play more Latin music. (laughs) I'm really waiting for his choice. And you know what? You know, Mr. Jeter, please give me a call. I've got some serious recommendations for you for what kind of Latin music you should be playing. And the reason why he thought of the Latin music in his stadium is because it went over really big with the World Baseball Classic. But, you know, for the World Baseball Classic, you had basically these all-star teams from different countries 
countries who were giving their heart and soul into playing together for Venezuela, for Dominican Republic, and people from those countries were coming in mass to see these games, might not be the same vibe if you're using the players in this rebuilding Mar- Marlin situation. But power to you, Mr. Jeter. If you would like some some advice, give me a call and. Uh, Maybe we could do some salsa together, too. How about that? So I, I have two thoughts about this. One is it's probably a great idea because I hear in Miami there are no other venues where one can hear Latin music <laughs> of any kind. So God help them. Thank right. God there's a stadium. There's a, there's a baseball game. And number two, I have a different idea. Perhaps a winning baseball team would sell some tickets. I don't know. It's just a thought. So Mr. Jeter, call me. I have some ideas, too. We can help you with this. So do you know who invented the high five? I have no fucking clue. Somebody invented it? Like, Well, it didn't come out of nowhere, right? Okay. So Wait, it, this is baseball related? This is baseball related. Well, you know, the high five is a sports thing, right? Everybody right. congratulates. If you're not licking your bat or flipping your oh, bat, no. you're high-fiving, right? So it's a sports thing. So the the common, the, the, the urban myth, it's actually true, though, actually. So that's really a myth. Dusty Baker, former, I hate saying former, manager of the Nationals. Oh, that does hurt. It does hurt. Fuck. Invented the high five. So it's sort of like... The common knowledge to some people, but apparently not everybody, that's that's okay. In the past week, this is our, our news of the week, right? So in the past week, I read a book called Queer There and Everywhere, 23 People Who Changed the World. And until I read this book, it never occurred to me, wait a minute, a high five takes two people, right? Who was the other person? Who was the other end of this high five? So there's a baseball player that I wish I had known about before, and I'm a little bit embarrassed that I didn't. And his name is Glenn Burke. And he played no with the Dodgers in 76 to 78 when Dusty Baker was there. He was a gay man, and the Dodger teammates knew it. It was sort of like an open secret, but it wasn't, you know, a, you know, the public didn't know about it. It was one that everybody knows, but nobody really knows out wow. loud, right? And apparently the players didn't mind. Management minded a lot. More about that in a second. Damn it. So it's the, it's the last home game of Burke's rookie season. He's on deck. Dusty Baker hits a home run. It's his 30th home run of the year. That was the year where four Dodgers hit 30 or more home runs. It's a big deal. So Burke's coming to the plate. Dusty's running home from third. And Burke holds out his arm to congratulate him, running in. And Dusty Baker just slaps it as he goes by. And that became a thing. Wow. That was a high five. And so Dusty kind of hung out while Burke hits a home run. Right after Dusty's home run. Oh, man. Rounds the bases. Dusty Baker comes out, and they do it again. So there's two high fives, which weren't even called high fives yet, two home runs back-to-back. So that was pretty cool. The Dodgers actually made high-five T-shirts and sold them. Oh, I want one. The background of this is Tommy Lasorda, the manager of the Dodgers at that time, had an openly gay son. Tommy Lasorda did not admit this, even though his son's like, hey, I'm going to gay bars. I'm, I'm, I'm a gay man. His dad's like, nope, 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 wow. nope. Burke is pals with with Lasorda's son. Really? Lasorda's pissed. Right? Oh, that's so ugly. So Burke is asked by a vice president of baseball at the Dodgers to get married. We will pay you to get married. No yes, to a woman. Way. And he's like, um, no. Yeah, I guess at that no. point there was no option. It had marriage meant. <laughs> yeah, not not gonna do this. So they send him off to the Oakland A's. Wow. Yeah. And um, the common knowledge was that was why. So Billy Martin is managing the Oakland A's. Wow. Outs him to the team. What a prick. Now, on I day always one. Did dislike Billy Martin for many other reasons, but what a prick. And when he outed him, 
He added him with a slur. He used the F word. Hey, everybody. And that's Here's, the yeah. one F word that I will not use. See? Except for he's a fucking asshole. Yes, that indeed. really sucks. So that was sort of like the beginning of the end for him. He wasn't outed to the public until afterwards, a few years after he finished. But they they um, they released him from his contract early. Um, so all of this, thing, he sort of like faded away. He's Damn sort it. of known now as the first openly out Major League Baseball player, but he wasn't out to more than his team while he was playing, but it came a little bit afterwards. He went on to um, to medal in gay Olympics and play, you know, softball and, and other other teams and all of that, but this was the other end of the high five. Wow. So the, co- the co-inventor uh, of the high five, along with our pal Dusty Baker, Glenn Burke. So I'm going to say cheers to Glenn Burke. Thank you for my uh, post-Christmas story, and Happy New Year. More Christmas ale for me. I will totally drink to that. I think we have to do something to keep his name alive with High Five, because that's done everywhere. Ooh, I have a postscript to that. With with the t-shirts and with all the symbolism of the Mm -hmm. High Five, there were some people in the gay community who took the High Five as actually a symbol of gay pride because it was two men's hands touching. Excellent. So I don't know how much of that is a real thing or not a real thing, but the fact that the high five is such a macho woohoo sports thing and all of that, but it had different origins, makes me a little bit happy. All right. We're going to be high five and more, I think. I think we are. Excellent. So a little more of the week in review. One more cool thing that I happened upon this last week. Actually, did you saw it, right? The latest Star Wars I saw the movie. You yeah, bet I did. Yeah. Day one. You know I did. So I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit steps back, but surrounded by all y'all Star Wars lovers. <laughs> so I actually saw the movie on Christmas Day also. And as I was looking through stuff about it afterwards, because I was finally like, okay, now I'm spoiler free. I can see what's going on. There was an in-depth interview with our beloved Sean Doolittle, closer of the Washington Nationals. And he ends up being like the most diehard Star Wars fan. That you're and, not married to. Exactly, exactly. So I will remember that next year at Star Wars Night at National Stadium. <laughs> yeah, so so Sean Doolittle has always been a favorite in my household, and he just went way up in our estimation with his Last Jedi conversation because it was thoughtful. He thought things through. So not only is he the closer that I want to keep forever, and yeah. we really have to have conversations about picture boyfriends, but yeah, so he's our Star Wars guy too. So, boyfriends. Speaking of boyfriends. I can't have Sean Doolittle right now because we don't have our picture rules, but I can pick somebody from the Mariners because they're next on our American League list. We're moving up. That's pretty good. We are moving up. And I feel a little bit like I'm cheating, but it's not really my fault. I'm picking D. Gordon, who a few weeks ago was not a Mariner. But he was he was on our, our week in review when he got traded there. That's right. So I'm just, it's really a thing about continuity. Yeah. That's what it is. So D. Gordon, and you're going to be surprised not when I say that he's 20, 29 years old, but when I say he's playing center field. D. Gordon played shortstop and second base his whole life, and he has to switch to center field with the Mariners and he's willing to do it. Anything to get the fuck away from Jeter and the Marlins. <laughs> wow, that would be one way. That's not how I was looking at it, but I'm totally with that. I can totally buy into yeah. that. I was more thinking, you know, he's willing to like get along and do what he needs to succeed in the new place. But yeah, anything There's to that. get get away from from Jeter. But um, the kind of cool thing about this is he's not weighed. Okay, so we know he's super fast, right? He stole yeah. 60 bases last year, which is amazing. He's super fast, but he's never played a position. He's never played outfield. 
skill set is very different. You have to think about where you're running, your route, how you're going to catch that ball that's flying out towards you, where that ball's going to go, because it's different when you're throwing way from the outfield than when you're at second base. And you have to adjust to different ballparks. Like center field is, is a big territory in most places. So he's not waiting until spring training to start learning these new skills. He invited one of the Mariners coaches out to his home in Florida to start doing drills with him. That's awesome. So he's been doing this for a couple of weeks, which is really cool. And he has another outfield coach who is near and dear to the Mariners' hearts. Turns out Ken Griffey Jr. is one of his neighbors. And he knows Ken Griffey Jr. from way back because Dee Gordon's dad, Tom Gordon, was a major league pitcher with many teams. Ken Griffey Jr. played against Dee Gordon's dad a whole bunch of times. So Ken Griffey, who used to be center field with the Mariners, calls Dee Gordon and says, let me come over and talk to you about a couple of things. Nice. So apparently, That's so sweet. Isn't that great? So Griff didn't actually pick up a glove, but he sort of coached him from the sides. Here are things you need to think about. I've been in that park. Here's things you need to know. So that's really pretty awesome. Uh, a little bit more about um, Dee Gordon's dad. You may or may not know that his nickname was Flash. So it was Tom Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Which is kind of awesome. And um, Dee Gordon ended up living with him. His parents had divorced. So Dee Gordon lived with his mom after his parents divorced. And his mother was actually shot and killed by a boyfriend. It's horrible, right? And so he went to live with his father at that point. So one of his charities, he's really active in, in charities around... Well, right now, Florida, I imagine this will move to Seattle to some extent. He's got one called Flash of Hope, named for his dad, Tom Flash Gordon, which focuses on kids who have lost a parent due to domestic uh-huh. abuse. So it's it's really it's very personal to him. And it's really it's important work. And I'm, I'm pretty excited that that I found this out about him. I had no idea. He also um, throws an annual huge thousands of people go to basketball tournament for the Boys and Girls Club with live music and food and all of this to raise a lot of money for Boys and Girls Clubs because like many other Major League Baseball players, the Boys and Girls Clubs were there for them when they were kids and really helped them out a lot. And he was also the Roberto Clemente nominee for for his team because of all of this good work. And just because I think, you know, you got to mention his skill set, he was number one in the National League in stolen bases with 60. So it's not just the heartstrings that make me pick D. Gordon for uh, for my boyfriend, but he's also damn good at what he does. Yeah, stealing, that's stealing bases and his speed is definitely what he was known for and what the Marlins are going to miss, but they'll be... But the Mariners, and doing some bachata. Yeah, yeah but the Mariners have him, and that's pretty darn cool. So who do you got? Who yeah, do you have well, for the Mariners? So, you know, you're talking about how he's going to have to shift his charity to the Seattle area. I've got a place for him to go. So this is a little bit of me trying to make up with Yankees fans, who I love and adore in so many ways, even though there are issues that I've had with the Yankees for a long time. But you know what? Robinson Cano is one of the Yankees that I've always respected. Good player, good person, ended up leaving after his his start. He was one of those gonna-be Yankees for life. He was there from 05 to 13, but he ended up 
looking for the the years, basically. He ended up with a big bucks deal with the Mariners, which is how he got there. Jay-Z was was atop of his team of agents, which I thought was just sort of a hysterical statement that he had this team of agents working for him because this was such a big fucking trade. How does Jay-Z have time to be a sports agent? He has... He's his, married to Beyonce. How does he have time to be a sports agent? Well, you know, he's got his Rock Nation Sports nice. is, his, is his agency. And I think that Cano was one of his first big deals and he pushed and he actually got a shitload more money than any expected. I think that Cano was in it for the years because the the Yankees were offering money, not not nearly as much as what he got with the Mariners, but it was the seven year thing. And, and I he's, think he's a little bit older too, right? How old is yeah, he? Yeah, so I respect him for that. He's thirty five now, so oh, he boy, was yeah. what, like thirty one at the time. Um, so when you're over thirty, if you have a ten year deal, that's awesome. with some stability and it's people who are going to adore you, I think that's why he went there. And maybe Jay Z gave him a little bit of a nudge, but I think we have to uh, look there. So yeah, Robinson Cano, third base base player. He actually had me in 11 at the Home Run Derby because he had, and this is another one of those family things, he had his dad pitching to him. And it was, okay, I'm going to use it. It's time to drink. It was adorable. Cheers. It was, yep, cheers. I'm going to drink. Take a breath. It was adorable. Father, son, and he won the Home Run Derby that year, the first year. Now, interestingly, the next year in 12, he tanked the Home Run Derby. He didn't get any home runs at all, which is something that None? just, yeah, zero. That's impossible. Uh, well, at least in his first bat, I don't know if they're, like, I forget the rules have changed every year. But um, I, the, the word is that he was in Royals Stadium and he had snubbed Butler, which was the Royals' favorite, to be on his team. And you know how when you when you win, you get to captain the next year and pick the guys who are on your team? And he didn't pick the Royals' favorite. So the, the crowd was not exactly on his side that year. <laughs> and it showed. And that, you know, power to the people, that shows how much of an uh, influence that the crowd has. So... I, I, I really appreciated seeing him in 11. He was also MVP All-Star last year, 2017, has been on the All-Star team, I think, every year except for one since since 2005. I've got to look that one up. But he, he was in there pretty consecutively. There's one of the double-digit years that he didn't make it. But he's been a consistent All-Star. He has 300 home runs, and, and the, the cutest thing, that cute works for adorable, works. Oh. Is, that, is that at his 300th home run game last year, his mom surprised him and showed up from the Dominican Republic, and he didn't know that she was going to be there. I love the family stories, the mom thing. Moms are great. Yeah. And charity-wise, back to where we started, he has a really impressive charity called RC22, and I'm going to ask to put the link in our show notes. And he supports youth both in Seattle and the Dominican Republic. And like you were saying, it's connected to Boys and Girls Club in some ways. But I think what's really interesting with the Seattle stuff is that he's really working with the Spanish-speaking Hispanic youth in Seattle, giving them a lot of programs, providing resources, and also the same thing in the DR. And they have a, oh, shit, what was it called? It was like the Hope School, the Dream School. Dream, dream. I think it was Dream. Let's go with Dream. Dream Let's go with good. Dream. In the DR, a Montessori school. Also just working with educating youth and giving a positive environment. So many, many good reasons to love Robinson Cano and appreciate a little bit of what the Yankees have, have done, have produced. And passed on to other, other teams. There we go. And That's we like that, too. the best byline. So... Our National League team is the Atlanta Braves. 
And as you discovered about me in a in an episode or two oh, ago, right. I'm not fond of the Braves. I never have been fond of the Braves. So this was a little hard for me. Good segue from Yankees discussion. See? Yeah. But but there are people on the Braves. I chose between a couple of people and I picked Freddie Freeman. And as I was making my notes about why I chose Freddie Freeman, I realized I chose him because of his relationship with other people. More about that in a second. All right, so his batting average is fine. Everything is fine. But it turns out that when he's got people on base, he's fourth in the National League in slugging and fourth in on-base plus slugging. So he, like when, when the chips are down, he's your guy. But let me Impressive. tell you about how he relates to other people that I care about. In 2016, his 46-game uh, on-base streak tied my pal Jason Worth, Werewolf. of the Nationals. When he uh, he broke his wrist, he was hit by a pitch back in May in this past season and actually came back pretty quickly. And when Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals was hit by a pitch in the wrist and was out, he kept saying, all right, Freddie Freeman did this. He got back. He's back fast. I can do it. He was inspired by the quick recovery of Freddie Freeman. So that's all good. Cool. And the last relationship I, I got to say, this may start putting Chipper Jones, who I've never liked and have actually referred to publicly as a bully. He's less of a bully now that I heard this story about Chipper Jones. So Chipper played way before Freddie Freeman, but apparently they are friends and their girlfriends are friends. So um, in 2014, there was some snow in Atlanta, like Whoa. three inches of snow. And we were just discussing today because both of us just returned from the frozen north where there was actual snow, but the cities deal with snow. So it's not that big a deal. Whereas in southern places like, oh, I don't know where we are in your nation's capital. It's, it's harder. So right. it snowed for about three inches in Atlanta and caused a That's traffic huge. jam. They called it Snow Jam 14. People were stuck in traffic for 19 hours. So Freddie Freeman is one of these people who is stuck in this gridlock in downtown Atlanta, can't get out. So he's tweeting about it. Chipper Jones's girlfriend. What else are you going to do while you're stuck well, in traffic? Well, right? Sure. Until the phone dies, right? Yeah. So Chipper Jones's girlfriend sees the tweet and tells her husband, go rescue him. That's Chipper cute. Jones oh hops God. on his ATV. His all-terrain vehicle, his four-wheeler, gets out into downtown Atlanta, finds Freddie Freeman, throws him on the back of his four-wheeler, and takes him home. And this is such a big deal in Atlanta that they made a bobblehead called Chipper Rescues Freddie that they gave away at a game that the upcoming season. That's too awesome. So it seems like I'm cheating a little bit by picking Freddie Freeman because it's all about how he relates to other people, but I'm sticking with it. So, you know, so stay with me. And, and Freddie Freeman, first baseman, 28-year-old Atlanta Braves. And, you know, Freddie Freeman, first baseman, has just a certain alliterative quality that just I'm all about the alliteration, tongue. patty and potty mouth. I there, really am. There you go. And now, does Chipper Jones have your vote now? No. Oh, well. Baby steps. Baby steps. For me, for the Braves, I went to Ender Inciarte. 27-year-old center fielder um, from Venezuela. So I just want to give a little bit more credit to to our friend Alberto, who maybe has helped me find some of these talented Venezuela players or keep my eyes open to them. And, and actually, this is a real thing, that Venezuela is coming up competing with the DR as far as... I'm just going to say Omar Vizquel. Go ahead. Continue. All right. Yeah, exactly. Go exactly. Ahead. Go ahead. There's a thing. huge number now of Venezuelan players that are just really shining. Jose Altuve. But Ender Enciarte, sexy, sexy defense, 
gold glove for the second consecutive year for nice. the National League. So that, of course, got me right away. He was in, he, and he's young, which isn't always a plus for me, but to be that young and have to two gold gloves for the NL. Very nice. That's got something going for him. He was in Arizona for two years, Atlanta just for two years, and 200 hits. He was the first Brave in 21 years to get to 200 hits. Wow. That young. Yeah. And the, hello. And the, the, there's some more bashing value for the Braves for you. But anyway. I'm going to hold back. It's, it's the season for, there for, you go. for goodwill. So that's what I have to say about him. I didn't get too much more, but I just want to do a little bit of flashback of love to past boyfriends to to Votto from the Reds, who who just can't get enough love, really, because he's been on the Reds for so long. But I found this really sweet quote for him from him. It was this in-depth interview and basically about how, how can you be so good and still be playing for the Reds for so many years? And <laughs> he was giving a little bit of appreciation, a little bit of frustration. And he said, but yeah, if boys or girls decide to play baseball or any sport because of watching me, that's great. And then he emphasized male or female. That's important. So he's emphasizing the fact that he's encouraging girls, females, to excel in baseball or any sport that they really want to play because of his influence. So yay to Votto. Can, can we share boyfriends? Because he just totally won me over. I mean, I liked him but, before, but this is this is good. I, I, this I, is really nice. We, we got to work it out when we get to Oh, the rules. Play. Yeah. And you know what? I need a catcher. I was just looking. I'm, I'm catcher deprived. So I've got to keep that in mind ahead. Where, where are we going next? Well, next week we're looking at the Rangers and we're looking at the Pirates. Oh, I'm not going to get a catcher there, but I'm I excited don't that you to are. look. Okay, so we're going to do a little shopping and in, in Texas and a little shopping in, in, in Pittsburgh and we'll see what happens next week. That sounds really fun. So, in the meantime... I haven't been really looking at, at grooming or facial hair or any of those things. Can you help me out? You know, I was interested that we're not the only ones checking out the facial hair. So I was trying I find to, that hard to believe. It, it's amazing. I was trying to find some good facial hair discussion for this week, and I found out that Sports Illustrated in 2016 had this facial hair issue where they like broke it down like wild facial hair, groomed facial hair. They had tons of categories and they had these beautiful picture, is pictures. It, is it all baseball or was it across sports? It was sports? all baseball. Oh, I love them. It was all baseball. Yeah. You know, I would actually love to see it across sports because James Harden definitely needs his own issue. But besides <laughs> that, I, I Googled and I found 2016 and then I was like, all right, where's 2017? And I couldn't find it. I think they just did a one-year shot, which is just pathetic. So they need to do another one, and if they don't, we should. I think so. I totally think so. Oh, I love that. But but when I did look in their Sports Illustrated 2017 stuff, I found that they had one of our favorites who talked about repeatedly uh, in this facial hair segment, which is Justin Turner. Gingerbeard. Exactly. Our favorite Gingerbeard. They have this, uh, this photo compilation of his facial hair from his rookie clean shaven days up till present into then the wedding groomed but it's just all within less than a minute you can see his face flash through so we'll we'll put those on our facebook page i think we have one now they might already be there or we're going to do that shortly so yeah check that out more facial hair news though our favorite team currently right now, the Marlins. Mm -hmm. Before, I can't even blame this on Jeter. In 2016, they tried out 
emulating the Yankees, a no facial hair policy, and it went over Why? like Why? a Why? Why? What made them do that? I think they wanted to be the Yankees even before they got Jeter. Maybe that's why they got him. But it didn't go over well. They lost Andrew Kashner, one of their best pitchers to the Rangers, and a whole bunch of other guys were like, this is not working for us. They lost him over facial hair? Well, probably. <laughs> probably. There could have been a few more things, but that was definitely one of his issues. And I think a lot of the other teammates had the issue also. And I just think that's wrong. Why should anybody have to dictate what your face looks like in order to play baseball? So these are the Mariners who think that Latin music will bring people in. And they thought that no facial hair would help them win. Well, different owners, but, you know. But I sense a theme here that they're not really paying attention to the things that actually matter to get a winning team. Well, there's that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do for them. Well, we that means uh, Major League Baseball needs some help, right? We're here. We're here. So, um, again, Jeter, call us. We have ideas. We're coming to you here on New Year's Eve. So we're thinking about New Year's resolutions, but not just for ourselves. We want our New Year's resolutions to, be- to benefit the whole world of baseball. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking much more about baseball than myself, really. I'm not going to resolve too much. You're a giving person. I like that, but you're very generous. There spirit. you go. There you go. So we've been talking about some issues that I think we need Major League Baseball to address, like bat licking. That, None of that. No. Now, can I just tell you that my kid, Camden, big baseball fan, saw that no bat licking was on our list of resolutions and said, it's a free speech issue, mom, if he wants to lick his bat. And I thought, it's not about free speech. It's not about expression. I'm a mom. It's a health concern. You know where that bat's been? Don't put that in your mouth. That's wrong. That's what I was thinking. It's hygiene. It's it's just not a good example because then you're going to have kids all over the fucking country licking their bats and God knows where those have been. Yeah. It's no. worse that we do know where those bats have right, been. Right. But it's true. Stop the bat licking. And then what I was just saying before, facial hair. Why does any team manager need to dictate what somebody's facial hair looks like? Have a beard. Don't have a beard. Go on a streak with a beard. Then shave it. You know, let them do what they want with their faces and any other hair on their body. I, I mean, it's it's not Major League Baseball's or management of a particular team, <clears throat> Yankees, decision to tell people how to groom themselves. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. So I have a thing about um, that I want to recommend to Major League Baseball. The mascot races. Love them. I love them. Right. Okay, so the racing presidents. I love the racing pierogies at the Pirate Stadium. I love that. You know, some baseball stadiums don't have mascots racing on the field. They have... On Jumbotron, some computerized condiments racing or whatever it is that you're supposed to cheer for as if that's going to change the outcome of this computerized race. I think Major League Baseball should resolve. We want mascots running on the field. People can believe in them. And I'm sure those aren't fixed in any way whatsoever. So the Orioles need to get real crabs out there that like run around. And so you can't figure out where they are. Or birds. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's, but, that's, well, that's true. That the, the crabs are there. Yeah. They're, their crabs are there. They're, they're computerized. Thing. You're right. You're absolutely right. So yeah. So actual crabs would do as people in crab suits would do. You know, so I, I yeah. that would be awesome. And you could employ a lot more people. It would be good for the economy. That's all we have for resolutions, right? I, I, there should be more. I have there one should more. Be more. I do have one more. What is it? Mine is about theme nights. I oh, right. love theme nights. I love the giveaways. I love the bobbleheads. I love the T-shirts. And it's come to my attention that a lot of stadiums don't just give the stuff away to the first 
10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 people, sometimes you have to buy a ticket for a lot more money to get the special Star Wars night thing or the special Game of Thrones nights thing. And I get that if you're going to also have a reception or meet, you're meeting players or you're doing something special. But if it's just a giveaway, I feel like that cuts out a lot of people that it's hard enough for them to bring their family of four to a baseball game because it's so darn expensive. If they want to show up at 3 o'clock and get in line to get the T-shirts, more power to them. Yeah, so I'm I, with you there. 100%. I would like Major League Baseball to resolve to make the giveaways more accessible no matter, you know, if you have a ticket, you're you're in the running. You just got to work a little harder maybe. So in the past couple of weeks, we've told you little bits about sexual misconduct and various accusations that are starting to break in Major League Baseball. And unfortunately, we had another one this week. Yeah, it's sad. It's trickling down from politics, as politics tends to trickle down. The Twins' third baseman, Miguel Sanos, has been accused of sexual misconduct by a photographer who said it's two years ago, and it said that after an autograph section that he actually grabbed her and was forcing her toward, I forget, it was a locker room or something like that. It was, tried to it kiss was her. at a store. He was trying to pull her out a door and tried to kiss her. Yeah. yeah. I, something definitely forceful. He's denying it vehemently. The twins came out with a moderate response, right? Saying Yeah, they they seem to be taking it seriously but said we're not going to comment until we know more. So which seemed to be a reasonable thing to say right. at this early stage. Yeah, the photographer posted it as part of the Me Too campaign. And so this just came to their attention and they're like, okay, we're going to look into this, but until then we have no comment. Which yeah. I think is fair. Interestingly, I tried to find it on Twitter because she tweeted it and her Twitter account is private. And so I applied and she hasn't gotten back to me, but there were a lot of tweets tagging her, whatever you call it on Twitter, you know, on both sides of the issue, some were pretty ugly. So I can understand why, if she wasn't private before, why she's gone private I, at I this could see point. That. I could see that. So what do we have coming up in the week ahead? We are waiting for that hot stove to heat up. It's oh, so please. fucking cold here. We need some heat. So we're looking at some serious players that we want to see where they go. Darvish, there's some news that the Yankees yeah, are scooping him Yankee out. Yankee rumors. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, if, What happened to the Astros? I thought the Astros were looking at him. I would really love it to go that way, too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he gets to the Yankees. I mean, there's all this sort of weird, like marriages going on. Machado, there's noise that the Red Sox are actually interested in him. I want that to happen just to watch your head explode. I, my head would definitely explode on that one. Yeah, I yeah. really cannot wrap my brain around it. I understand he's a power hitter. I understand we need a new power hitter. I understand that my beloved Xander Bogarts was not up to snuff in the end of the year last year, but... I, I adore him. He has beautiful eyes. I, I take that over Machado, and I'm going down on the record saying that right now. So I don't know. But, you know, on Red Sox hopefuls, Martinez, J.D. Martinez, I would like to see the Red Sox get him. That's been quiet. Hosmer's quiet. Jake Arrieta, that's somebody that we got to keep an eye on. How does he not have a new home yet? Uh, well, I don't know. They're just stringing us along. They're keeping us lukewarm. But, you know, we're going to be talking about him big time in one of our future episodes. Yeah, we are. And in the meantime, we're going to be thinking about spring training. What's hey, our hey, countdown? Hey. Tell us the numbers. We are down to 44 days, 7 hours, 32 minutes, and just a matter of seconds. And I just got a text that the Patriots won. Yay. So <laughs> so I have hockey. Potty Mouth has a little tiny bit of very specific football, and we got 44 days till spring training. This is awesome. If you like what you heard, you can now also find us on Facebook. You can comment on what you heard today. We'll post links to more information about things that we talked about there. 
You can also subscribe, and please do, to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Leave us a review so more people can find us. Happy New Year, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Remember, there's no crying in baseball. Yes, El Jefe. And Happy New Year to everybody else, too, damn it.